It went by fast, y'all. When I was here in 1984 to 1987, I was a young man. Young man. Had hair color, my color of my hair. Didn't know a thing. Didn't know a thing, but had such a wonderful memories of this church. Brother Kenny, as you well know, they will follow you. We did things that I didn't even know what I was doing. We did dramas, packed it out. I'm getting away from my notes here. We did stuff like Then Came Sunday, and it was an Easter production. We did Bind Us Together. I can still remember telling the choir we're going to do it Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Where's Pat at? Pat asked the question, why in the world are we going to do it three nights? We don't need to do it three nights. I said, Pat, just trust me. Friday night we filled it up. Saturday night we filled it up. Sunday night we filled it up. And they begged us to please do it again. So we did it the next week, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Then we took it to Bountyland Baptist Church. We did it down there. Saw a lot of families. Uh, it helped so many families. I was trying to remember who was in the parts and cast, and I'm sorry. I've been, I prayed, God, help me to remember names when I go there today. So far, I've been doing pretty good, can you? I say that's a sign of dementia when you can remember more back than you do now. So. <laughs> well, I'm on my way because I've, I've been better than I do at, at my church. I'm presently serving at Edmund First Baptist Church. Uh, my wife, Zilf, is down here, and my daughter um, and her, my three grandchildren are here. And uh, Sharice was a little baby when we were here. And... Uh, Probably you learned to walk on some of these rooms in here. But we were blessed. Two wonderful companies. I hope y'all know what you've got with Michelle and Linda. Uh, we uh, got her a piano, had a little upright. And I remember we were so excited that we had to pick that piano up, put it down in that hole. I don't guess it ever was taken back out again until you, you sold it or moved. I think you moved it. Put a new sound system in, and I will tell you this. Hames Music Company was going to come and put it in. I'm just going to tell you, has any of y'all ever heard any of the stuff, that mischievous ways I had here? Have any of you, if you raise your hand, if you've ever heard any of the stories, that none of them are true. None of them are true. Hames Music Company was going to be putting the sound system in. They had gone for lunch. I had this gory wolf mask. If you've ever been in the basement down here, there are pillows that support. I saw them pull in. I ran down to the basement. I put my wolf mask on. It's dark down there. Randall Hames, good friend of mine, Randall's passed away. But anyway, as they came into the room, they had a little flashlight, and I just stepped out in front of them. Well, we had to chase that boy down the road. <laughs> Randall told me, he says, Rick, he says, he will not go back into a basement again. He said, 
said, you've messed him up. But I, I, I loved to have fun. I didn't know what I was doing, but I had fun with our youth. We, uh, I mentioned a few things about the, the uh, musicals we did. We did a program called Life here, L-I-F-E. God bless us. We had kids from all over Westminster coming. It grew so much that the other churches wanted to know if we would do a community one and meet a stop hours. I said, no, we'll help y'all, but we're going to keep on doing. Wonderful group of kids. Parents were supportive. Had, like Keith, I thought he was a youth. I didn't know you weren't supposed to be in there, Keith. You acted like a kid. Where you at? Keith, Dale Butts, Gary Butts, of course, Ligon and Pat, Miss Betty Baker, Wendell and Jeannie, Bobby and Donna Townsend. Bobby, I loved him. Pat, going on to be with the Lord after I left here. We had wonderful people to work with. And I'm kind of talking about the tradition and those who have gone before us. Kind of already mentioned. Wonderful people. God has blessed his church with some unbelievable people to work with we had good children's choirs used to get in the van and go to the schools pick them up when it was over with I took them home if we didn't want if we didn't want to, to play or sing we got out there and played kickball I can still remember going down to useless and getting hot dogs and feeding the kids parents would bring their kids to youth choir had some great youth programs here, children's program. It's been over 30 years, but I feel like I just came home. Those acquaintances were renewed again. When I see you, we smile. The memories that are so good. You know, that's what's so good about the fellowship of Christians is that those memories of serving God those memories of working in the church are so good. How they, as I said before with the song, Find Us Faithful, we're, we're pilgrims on a journey on the narrow road. And those who've gone before us line the way, cheering on the faithful, encouraging the weary, their lives a staring testimony to God's sustaining grace. Again, some of the finest people that I've had the privilege to work with were here. I had a group of men and ladies that I will never forget, and I love to call names. If I forget one, please forgive me. But these were some that just came to my mind, and one of them, of course, is Dean's your, your daddy, Mr. Ralph Three. If I can still recall, if I had a situation I want to discuss, go to Mr. Ralph Thrift. Les and Aveline Wilson. Mr. Mears Frank Williams, Louise Simpson, Bobby Townsend, Bobby Waters, Bill Hart. These are just a few of the ones who have, some have gone on before us. I'd like to sing a song for you this time.
I can't say that's never happened to me before, but uh, y'all probably weren't there when it did, but welcome. <laughs> I dreamed of a city called glory It was so bright and so fair When I entered the gates of that city The angels, they all met me there. They carried me from Machon to Machon. And all the sights that I saw. Oh, but I said, I want to see Jesus. He's the one who died for all. I bowed on my knees and cried, Oh, 
What a day that's going to be. I like to talk about it. I like to think about it. I just finished a book a while back called Heaven. If you haven't read it, Randy Korn, I suggest it. Because that's where I'm going to spend eternity. And I'd like to know all I can. I'm excited to be with you again today. But it's even more excited to open the word of God up and to, to feast with you on his wonderful word. I'll be taking this scripture this morning out of Psalms 23. The scripture tells us that the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. While in seminary, I was asked one time to pick an animal out of the Bible that God had used to bring out illustrations. Me, again, not being very smart, could have chosen an eagle, a donkey, a Many other different animals, lions and things, but I chose a sheep. That little, pretty little fluffy animal that looks so beautiful and harmless. I'm going to give you a lesson on sheep today. Any of y'all have sheep? Ever had a sheep? Don't want a sheep. That's me. The sheep in the Bible... I found this very interesting. Brother Kenny, it was used over 500 different times in the Bible they used a sheep as an illustration. 500. The most of any other animals in the Bible. In the Middle East, a sheep, sheep herder, would get his sheep up about 4 a.m. in the morning and he would lead them out of the sheepfold and he would take them and they would begin to graze. They would graze until about 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning when the sun begins to, to get hot. And, and it's hot out there in the, in, the, in the sun in the Middle East especially. So about 10 or 11 o'clock, they take the sheep to a secluded spot. Hopefully shade. Hopefully with grass to lie down. That's the, the best place. But really wherever they could find a place for the sheep to settle down after about 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning. And so for the next three or four hours, sheep were allowed to just lie there and chew the cud. What I didn't realize is that this was the most important time for a sheep to grow, for a sheep to put on wool. It's when there's Nothing going on except for that sheep to just to lie there and chew the cud. And the sheep would lie there for three or four hours and chew the cud. And at this time, the sheep, sheep would get quiet as they lay there. He maketh me to lie down. Now, I don't know about you, but the topic I picked this morning... It's talking about stress. Do any of y'all have stress this morning? Coming to church this morning was stress. Getting up, getting everybody together, getting uh, the dogs fed, the getting the, make sure I didn't come off without my notes, making sure I didn't forget everything, getting my, helping my wife to get ready. 
Then we get in the car and we're a few minutes late already and I take off down the road and my wife gets saying, you're going to get a speeding ticket. You are driving too fast. And then a light come on in my car. Had to stop. Had to stop at a gas station. Never have put oil in this car before, but it said I needed oil, so I had to stop. But I said, I'm late again. Then Zilfi says, I've got to find a restroom. I'm on Highway 11. <laughs> I said, which tree would you like? Because <laughs> there are no gas stations, restaurants. So we finally, we, we got to Walhalla. We took care of that. I'm looking at my watch. I said, we cannot stop again. And of course, in her little sweet voice, well, I had to stop. I'm being the good husband. I thought we'll just let this one die right here. Stress. And this is funny stress. We're not talking about the bills. We're not talking about the grandchildren. We're not talking about the children or maybe a mate or, or family members or your job. Stress. What does it do to you? I read one time it's probably one of the leading causes for diseases or other ailments that you possibly go through, it's stress. God wants you to be like a sheep, to get quiet and to lie down in the green pastures, to drink from its still waters. I learned something else about sheep. Sheep do not like to drink from rushing water or moving water. They want quiet pools of water. For some reason, that helps them to be calm. Sometimes we have to turn off the TV. Sometimes we have to get along. Sometimes we have to find ourselves a place where we don't have rushing waters running by us. And that can only be done in the quietness. You know, God speaks to us all the time. But we're too busy. Too much noise, too much other things going around for, because God doesn't yell at you. He may get your attention, but he does, when he speaks, it's usually that still, quiet voice. How do you handle stress? Again, in Psalms 103, it says, sheep of, we are the sheep of his pastures. So God is referring to us as sheep. Isn't it wonderful that God is calling us like sheep? I thought that's neat until the more you study about sheep. The more you study about sheep, you realize that they're not a very smart animal. They're not very, very smart at all. And again, some of you say, well, Rick, I'm not a sheep. I'm well educated. I'm smart. I am a brilliant man. I've got a business. I've done all these things. You're not listening to me. We're talking about the spiritual realm here. The spiritual realm, we are dumb as sheep. Just like he says to Nicodemus, who is a Pharisee. He was at the top of the list, and Jesus says to him, Are you a master of Israel, and yet you don't know these things? You see, he was intellectually up there, but spiritually, he was ignorant. The Bible says that none of us understand 
No, not one. In his spiritual realm, we are like sheep. Isaiah 53, 6 says, all we like sheep have done what? Gone astray. Gone astray. I have never dealt with sheep as far as bringing them in. I've read enough of stories that a sheep will nibble here, nibble there, and just kind of wander around. But I will tell you a story. One time my dad, I was at Anderson College, Linda. My dad called me up. Linda went to Anderson College with me too. My dad called me up and he said, and I had a Tennessee walk and I loved horses. I had raised horses all my life. And my dad called me up and he said, your horses have just ran my cows out of the pasture. I said, no, you had cows. He said, just bought some. But your horses don't like them. And they have run these cows out of the fence. So I left Anderson College, drove down. To, I'm from Honeyapath. Drove down to Honeyapath. Got my horse, saddled it up. I thought, I'm going to be a cowboy. Have y'all ever tried to round up cows? And sheep are supposed to be worse than cows. There was about six cows. I'd get one going this way and the five others would go this way. I had the cows spread out further than they were before. The horse was so aggravated because of me trying to make the horse go back and forth. I finally just went back to the house and said, Daddy, I cannot get these cows back up there. Now, he gave me a lesson real fast. He's where they at, I told him. He got off work, came down there with a bucket of sweet feet. Pied Piper, all he did was shake the bucket, all the cows came running back. Cows are very similar to sheep. They scatter. They scatter. They will go out and and. And we are like sheep in that respect. Cows will come back to the barn at night. Horses will come back to the barn at night. A dog will make its way back home. Have you ever tried to get rid of a cat? I was trying to think of another name for GPS and put cat in there because that's what should happen. Cats will make their way home. Sheep have to be sought after. They have to be gone after and bring them back. That's how you take care of them. Do you know that a sheep will lie down on its back? Somehow or another that sheep will put both, uh, put all four legs pointing up into the sky. And that sheep does not have the physical ability to turn itself over. It will lie there on its back. It will bloat up in the sun and it will die. call it cast it's casting it will die how many of you this morning have felt like sometimes that you were on your back and you could not get up and it was only by the hand of God that reached down and brought you out of that that's the kind of stress we're talking about this morning having said all this how do you handle stress this morning How do you handle it? What do you do? Do you get on your knees or do you just let it pass by? Having said all this, I believe in verse 2 has a lot to say about how to handle stress. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. And there's some things I want to point out in this verse. First of all, the security that we have in knowing 
that God is our shepherd. You see, he leadeth me, he maketh me, and he knows me. You see, Jesus, or Jehovah God, is my shepherd. Remember, Jehovah in the Old Testament is Jesus in the New Testament. Do you ever sit back and reflect on how God blesses you? The things that God is doing in your life? Or do we sit there and think about the things that we wished he were doing? We can spend our entire life wishing for something that God didn't have in his plans for our lives. We can get stressed out. We can think, God, I deserve this. God, I should have had that. That's mine. And God's saying all along, I'm protecting you. I'm keeping you from things not for you, to hurt you. Because I truly believe that our God, my God, wants to give me the very best. The very best. It might, be, might, might not be what I think is the best, but it's the best. If you'd asked me 30 years ago, when I walked into the doors here at First Baptist Church, if I would have thought that would be the very best, I loved it here. I look back now and I think, Lord, that was, that was awesome. At the time, I don't think I was mature enough, Kenny, to know what a blessing that God was giving me. God wants the very best for you. He doesn't want you worried about things. He doesn't want you stressing out about things. God is also compassionate. Matthew 9, 36, the Bible says, But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. When Jesus saw the people of his day, he saw them scattered, running frantic here and there, complaining, full of stress. The Bible says he was moved with compassion. And the word moved here means, what it means is a very powerful word. It literally means to convulse. Jesus, it almost made him sick. So much that he sent his only begotten son to this world for you and I. He came here to die for my sins. As you think of the shepherd, think of compassion. I want to share with you, to me, one of the most beautiful verses in Isaiah 40, 11. He shall feed his flock like shepherds. We're the flock and he's the shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arms. He shall carry them in his bosom. Aren't you glad that God is tender with us? How he tenderly takes us just like a shepherd would do a lamb. And he doesn't scold that lamb when that lamb runs off. He tenderly picks it up and he brings it back. I don't know about you, but I've, I've been picked up many times. I've been brought back into the fold. I have, God has restored me. Just like we're talking here. So why do we get stressed? We get stressed because of things that our needs aren't being met. You may say, oh my goodness, I'm not going to have what I need. Do you know what people in Westminster are worried about this morning? 
They all start with an F. They're worried about food. They're worried about fame, fortune, fashion, fitness. That's what people are worried about. We're worried about things that the Gentiles, it said, they seek. And we say Gentiles, remember, we're meaning unsaved people. Now, he's not saying that these things aren't important. But it's not the main thing, is it? It says here, he said, seek ye the kingdom of God. And his righteousness, what's next? And all these things shall be added. You know, that puts a whole different perspective on it, doesn't it? What's our main concern? Seeking God. Seeking God and these other things shall be added to you. It says these doesn't mean that these things aren't these things are aren't significant. What he is talking about again is the green grass, still waters. Do you know what the green pastures are? That's his word. That's the word of God. That's the word that we should live by. Put our faith in, trust in the word of God. That's the green grass. What does still water speak of? Still waters is the Holy Spirit that moves and touches and heals and comforts. So you see, we have all the ingredients of what to do with stress. I think sometimes Satan gets in our lives and almost we enjoy sitting there thinking about worrying things that are in, in place in our life. Instead, those are times that he's robbing us from time that we should be seeking God. The more time you take, he takes away from there, the more time Satan is in control of your life. Seek the kingdom of God. If you don't find satisfaction in him, you're going to be stressed until your deepest needs of your heart will never be met. Matthew 4.11 tells us that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Congregation, stress will affect the church. It will affect your marriage. It will affect your relationship with your children and everyone else. It is a robber, a thief, and I encourage you again. The words I've given you this morning is that you will seek the kingdom of God. Brother Kenny, I'm going to turn it over to you now at this time. Without him, let's stand as we sing.